Mike, 81% of the country is on the Rams. Heavy, why not? They've won four in a row. The Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, master plan is right on schedule. And Cooper Cup has been the best receiver in football. It's not particularly close in my book either. I like being in L.A., and I like L.A. to win, Rob. If I'm Mike Vrabel, I'm taking Cooper Cup. He will not beat me. I'm double-teaming him, but I'm taking the Rams. I like the Rams at home. Mike Florio, who are you going with tonight? <laughs> Hey, guys, I think I'm going to regret this one because that eight on Adrian Peterson's jersey looks like an hourglass, and I think there's still some sand left in the top part of it for him. But I think the Rams are too good. I like the Rams as well, Chris and Maria. <laughs> I'm with you, Mike. And actually, I don't go against Matthew Stafford because it's a personal decision for me, so I'm going with the Rams. Oh, I, I know why. It's personal. Go yes. down, okay. oh, I'm, going, I'm going with the Rams, too. I think the Rams are the best team in the NFL. I'm going Tennessee because I'm afraid of everybody being on the Rams. <laughs> Tony? I'm agreeing with Chris Sims. I think the Rams are the most balanced team in the NFL right now. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm taking the Rams so that you're the only one with Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And those are tonight's hometown picks brought to you by Lowe's. Once again, I'm trying to be a good guy. Take one for the team. However, in the fourth quarter, if the Titans are winning, your phone will be ringing. Yeah. I promise you that. So. It should. Four-man rush. For the 24 by Fired for the touchdown. Man, oh, it's Keith Jackson would say, Whoa, Millie. Which is a resilient bunch, you know. I've been talking about it all year. We're not trying to prove anybody wrong. We're just trying to prove ourselves right. We know what type of team we have, type of guys we have in the locker room. We're just going to keep proving it every single week and every week. And the numbers and the stats, power rankings, it don't matter. The only thing that matters was 72. The only person who remembered the Titans was Mike Tirico, and he just was taking one for the team. I can't really give Tirico that right. much credit for that one. He was can't just like, let props. me just go Don't against everybody else. But honestly, right. listen, you cannot blame everybody else uh, because few people can say honestly that they saw last night coming, especially the manner in which it came. Um, but here's the thing all you can say about the Titans, man. Even though they lost their heart and soul in Derrick Henry, their collective heart does not pump Kool-Aid, okay? No matter what, them dudes going to fight, you know? That's right. <laughs> oh, As Cedric the Entertainer yes. once said of, the, of, of Anthony Mason, he always fighting. Like, they just, they going to fight you, everything. regardless of who's out yeah. there. Then you can't take the Titans nowhere. They going to fight you. You know, they going to square off. If there's a street fight happening, I'll take my chances with Mike Vrabel and Tennessee because that defense does... What the Titans managed to always do, which they punch in the mouth, you know, and they beat you up. And, you know, listen, they got mollywopped by the Cardinals in the opener uh, at home, which looks less and less shameful by the week. We'll get to the Cardinals later. And they somehow managed to yeah. lose to the Jets. But all I know is they swept the Colts. They won at Seattle with an incredible second half comeback to win in overtime. That was Russell Wilson Seahawks. Uh, they beat the brakes off the Chiefs, uh, yep. and now they've won at the Rams. And so they've won five straight. The last four as underdogs. I can't imagine too many people sleeping on the Titans after last night. Yeah, but why? But why did it take last night to get there? Okay, let's say you said the last four as underdogs. How about three in a row as underdogs? So you got those uh, Bills, Chiefs, Colts before last night. Your underdogs in those three straight games. Why does it take that? And in the same week, mind you, to get the Bills and the Chiefs in the same week to knock them yeah. off back to back. That's well, impressive. no Derrick Henry. So, all right, look, I love I love Derrick Henry still. 
if if Derrick Henry were healthy, I'd say the MVP of the league is Derrick Henry. But we know that's not going to happen. He's going to miss some time and he's going to be out of the running. But we want to talk about complete teams in the AFC. How can you pick somebody over Tennessee? I can understand that you say Baltimore is right there with them. Uh, you could say Buffalo is right there with them, but they beat Buffalo. I mean, I, I think you have to say at the very least, they are trustworthy. They are thorough. Tennessee will always handle it. See, they, they're, they're thorough in their preparation. They're thorough in the way the team is built. Uh, they're, they're thorough in like, if you look at all aspects of their team, and you say, all right, is Derrick Henry the face of it? Sure, he could be. But on a Vrabel. team that has... It's Vrabel. Uh, right, but you can say Vrabel. You can say it's... Honestly, uh, I know he just boring, got there. but it's Vrabel. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's not boring. It's, it's one of the answers. I think there are like, probably like three or four correct answers. I mean, it could, be, it could be Julio Jones, even though he just got there. It could be Bayard. Who we heard from after the game? We had the pick six, and I love how he admitted it. I was in the wrong place. I wasn't even supposed to be there. The coaches told me I was in the wrong place, and I still get the pick six. They they cover every aspect. Even if you really want to go on the low budget answer, uh, who the, who's the face of the Titans? You know you can go with Ryan Tannehill, who they brought in, and this is such a Tennessee story. I love it. They brought in Ryan Tannehill, not because they had this big vision of him being their starter and turning into one of the best starters in football. He really has since he's been there. They brought mm-hmm. in competition. They wanted, they wanted more competition for Marcus Mariota. Uh, Mariota slipped. Tannehill took over the position, and he hasn't even come close to giving it up. So much so that I know most people, I don't know about people in the country, but I know a six-state region in the northeastern part of the country, everybody was convinced. Tom Brady leaving New England, free agent. Oh, he's going to play with his boy, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel go choose Tom Brady I do remember over that. Ryan Tannehill. I do remember that. And right before, and right and before they paid, Brady, they paid him. They broke signed, him off. They paid him. Like, yeah. They're like, what are they doing? Yeah. What are yeah. they doing? They could have had Tom Brady. They chose Ryan Tannehill. I like the so, Tannehill Tennessee take. Titans. Yeah, Titans. The Titans are the most thorough team in the AFC. I don't know about football, but in the in the conference for sure. I like the Tannehill take, but I'll say specifically the last night to me. The person who best embodied the personality of the Tennessee Titans was AJ Brown. Because AJ Brown was not with the shits. Okay? Like, he, he went toe to toe with Jalen Ramsey last night. And to me, that embodied what the Titans are all about. It's like, you're not going to punk them. Yeah. You know? Like, usually no. they do the punking. You are not going to punk the Tennessee Titans, even if 22 ain't back there. You know? Because they got some dogs on defense and they got some guys on offense. That's still going to take it to you. You write about Ryan Tannehill somehow, even after the year he had specifically last year, he does remain underrated. There were some questions about this offense without uh, Arthur Smith calling the plays, you know, and last night wasn't about the offense. They can, they made the plays that they had to, but it was about a defense that continues to cause problems. You and I got into it about Sean, um, uh, Sean McDermott. I almost say Sean McVay. Sean, he's, they're having their way with the Sean's. Sean McDermott's decision to go for it at the goal line about the wisdom of the quarterback sneak with Josh Allen. I was like, yeah, they got some dudes on the other side that get paid too, and they get paid for a reason. And you saw that again last night. That defensive line completely made life miserable for Matthew Stafford. And that's the thing about last night, while this team, you know, they're the favorites moving forward. They're the number one seed right now. They're the favorites moving forward. I, I, I hesitate to say that in this league, especially after what we saw yesterday. But you look at what they got left. 
Now, they got some tough teams left on their schedule. They got the Saints, they're at Ooh. the Patriots, and they're at Pittsburgh. So they got some tough teams left. But in terms of just their body of work to this point, they're in the driver's seat, and rightfully so, in terms of being the class and the top seed in the AFC, not only because of who they've beaten, but how they've beaten them. How they've beaten them. Like yeah. they, they just they, they take it to they take it to the opposition. So they're the team I trust the most. And, it, and I, that's why I say Vrabel is the face of that franchise because of that because of the consistency that even though they lost the guy that most people identify the Tennessee Titans with they still didn't lose their identity. You know, they still didn't lose who they are yeah. despite losing Derrick Henry and winning a game at the Rams. I know Von Miller was in street clothes, but bro, they went and won handedly against an MVP candidate in Matthew Stafford. I know you laugh when I say that, but that's facts. An MVP yeah. candidate yeah, yeah. in Matthew Stafford. Yeah, well. Okay. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and a team and we just heard an example of that that most people thought, you know what? It's the best team in the, in the NFC, if not the league, given how topsy-turvy or how all over the place the AFC is. So I think last night was an eye-opener, even though to your point, it probably shouldn't have been. Huh. Yeah, okay. All right. Now, now listen, um, as you just you just made a reference to what happened yesterday to uh, that, you know, a lot of teams that you didn't expect to win winning and we'll get to we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of those uh, matchups in detail, but it really was an incredible night when you really think about it, but I want to I want to say here. I want to say this Mike. Um, we're going to be in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. You'll be there. I'll be there. I God should not make this I that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. God will. We'll be there. And you've seen enough football where you should lecture me against saying something like this. I've seen enough football <laughs> where I know better. I should have bleeping known better uh, to say something like this. But we're going to see the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans. Uh, okay. Maybe I won't say they're going to be there, but when we get down to the conference champion, we get down to the final four. Oh, they're no, no, one no, of the no. final four teams. Oh, stop. That ain't it. You come on, you come on, okay. man. If, if you're gonna, you gonna go with a okay. hot take, go with a hot take. Don't mess around they be with there. it. Do it expeditiously. Yeah. Okay, right. you sit up there, they're gonna be yeah. in the final four. Yeah. They're gonna be yeah. there at the end. They're gonna be Don't, a factor. Hey, Mike, Nobody Mike. wants to play them. Mike. Nobody wants to play to the scene in the playoffs. Like, nah, no, man. Another one. I got another go one. Go with it. Let's go. Pick here's em. another one, Mike. What? Mike, what? here's another one. What? Don't be surprised, dude. <laughs> Don't be surprised. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's my favorite one. That's a good one. My favorite one. Don't be surprised if a yeah. little team from Tennessee, a little right. team from Nobody's talking about. Yeah, yeah nobody's right. talking about this. Okay. Thing. No, but they're going to be there. So quit messing they around. Will be, they will be AFC champions. They will be in Los Angeles. They I like will it. be there. I like February it. 13th on NBC with programming on Peacock brother from another in prime position will be there as well. Uh, so but yeah, this this is a team that um, I mean, they got every, they got all the elements and you know, you mentioned those games and Henry, not, Henry not might be back favorite Henry might be back. Not that not that not that uh, being a favorite means anything, but you said they got some tough games coming up. You know, they got the Saints. They got the Patriots. And what's the other team you said? At Pittsburgh, Steelers. 15. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're going to be favored in all those games. 
They got the Patriots in, in a few weeks. They'll be favored against the Patriots, five and four. Yeah, it's probably like a two-point favorite uh, against the Patriots or, or a one-point favorite at Gillette Stadium. Um, unless that game's is that game at home? Is that game in Tennessee or is it in? Uh, uh, is that New England? Anyway, they'll be favored against at, at, at New England. They'll, okay, they'll be favored against the Saints. Shameful Saints. Uh, they'll be favored against uh, Pittsburgh and New England. I just so. And, and the other thing about the other thing I like about Tennessee is that this usually doesn't happen in the NFL. This is more of an NBA kind of story, uh-huh. but you can see this with Tennessee. So in the NBA, generally, you see a, a, a lot of teams that are on the doorstep. So they knock. Okay, they knock in year one. Oh right. They lose you in go round two. Some things. Yeah, yeah. And you go through. Some then things. the next yeah. year they lose a right. game seven in round two. Yeah. And then the third yeah. year they break through. Conference Tennessee yeah. has been. Tennessee has been in they this battle position. Tested. Tennessee yeah, has battle Tennessee ended. Hey, he gave he gave uh, they gave Tom Brady an L in his last game. Right, they, they, they ended an error. Uh, yeah, they frustrated they beat, Lamar. They've gone to Baltimore. Yeah, they've gone to Baltimore mm-hmm. and knocked off Baltimore. They had right. a big lead against Kansas City and gave it up. So I, I think it's their time too. On top of everything else, not because be. oh Tennessee's going to be. win because it's their turn, but it's 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 psychological and it's also practical. Could they be. got everything right. it takes to win. Well, even from a psychological standpoint, for them to go into SoFi, like first game without Derrick Henry, first game against the Rams in prime time. Not that that team has any kind of internal doubt; they're not wired that way, um, obviously. But for them to go in and make that kind of statement the first time out, they didn't. They didn't take any time having to adjust to life without Derrick Henry. They were like, hey, ain't no thing. We've used, what was the number? I think uh, I think Michaels used last night, 77 players. They've used 77 players this year, and they acted like Derrick Henry was just another one, for crying out loud. You know, they they hit the ground running during this time without Derrick Henry, and that's got to bode well for them psychologically, to go into L.A. in prime time, beat a one-loss team, and not just beat them, but beat them up. Um, before we go to break, man, I, I'm shocked that we've gone this long into the opening segment and because uh, because you be, I, first of all, let me hold on. Let me read it. Let me read it. This was at let me read you this. Let me read you this text real quick. This was at 9 11 p.m. Last night. This dude had this saved in drafts. You know, you know who this is from. Matt Stafford is exactly who I thought he was. He's just Matt Ryan who was trapped on yeah, a bad yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And see, I said, bro, as soon as they got the second pick six, I was counting down to this text. That's what I was, you know who that was. Hey. Okay. So I, I, yeah, that was Jason. You know it was Jason. So I'm I, I shocked. Know, I know that I know. I'm shocked that you're not here with some hot Matt Stafford or worse, some dome team take. I'm surprised. I mean, because I mean, this is my Rams, and trust me, the more they win, the more I talked about my Rams. So I mean, now's your, now's your time, okay, player. I, I'm ready for it. I, I can't. Okay, look, I'm ready look, for look, it. Man, Give it to look, me. Look, look, I can no, take no. it. Give See, it to me. I'm not one of those trolls. I'm not one of those trolls. I'm not one of those trolls. Troll. Who, who just? What's fair? Who is just, fair. It's troll. It's trolling. It's trolling. It's trolling. It's trolling. Yeah, you know, there are a couple of reasons. One, let me let, in defense of Matt Stafford and, let, and and guys, you have that graphic. Put that graphic up. Okay, it was just one of those weird nights. It's one of those weird nights for weird things. It was a weird day, and it ended uh, in this way. The teams that teams that weren't supposed to win. One, look at this. I, this Mike, what does that even we mean? Oh, doing. Lord. oh Lord, yeah, my bet your money. Here we, we go. Go ahead, get, get it I, off. We stop doing get it. it off. Get this it off. Go ahead, it. get it off. I go ahead. I, this is the time no. to do it. No, we did the right. No, it was the right move. 
Why do I just stop? Not, I'm getting the Jones again. Because, because, it's like because you, it was the right thing to do. <laughs> it's like you were franchise mode. It's like you were franchise mode. Exactly. Once you see a reference to it, you see you see underdogs winning. Yesterday, you're like, come yesterday, on. Yes. I, yes. I, I got to get in there. But look, but what does underdogs one? I was not right. supposed to. But win. this is what it means. This is what it means. It, it, it's just Matthew Stafford. I, just, just to be fair, just to be fair to you and and, and all oh. the Stafford fans. Because Stafford's got. Stafford has tons of fans for a dude who toiled in Detroit for so long and who never won a playoff game and put up a lot of empty stats. Who's a fantasy uh, fantasy football champion, but a champion nowhere else. He's got a lot of fans uh, in, in, in local and national media. But to be fair, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> but to, wait, wait, wait. No disrespect. I'm waiting for the part where, like, where's the where's the complimentary part? You know, you said you weren't going to do it, and then you proceeded to just. You, you know. didn't hear the compliment there? No, there were a lot I didn't. of compliments in there. It kind of okay. baked in. You got to. They got they baked in there. They got it's subtle. It's okay. subtle. Um, okay. No, so to Matthew Stafford. To be fair to him, he's only. It was the second loss of the season for the Rams. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. losing. They lost to a team that I think is going to be in the Super Bowl, and right. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If Don't be surprised if when the, when the Tennessee Titans are representing the AFC. Uh, in the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not picking them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're facing the Rams. We talked about this last week. Like the Rams can play a home game, so they just they they took it from a team that is all about it. Just dropped the mic. Um, they they took it from a team that's all about just punching anybody. Whether you yeah. they, they, they punch up, they okay. punch down, they punch straight ahead. So I'm not okay. going to jump on Matthew Stafford today. Not Fair today. nice of you. Okay, not today. And all right, it's go. Only November. I, I was looking for. Mike. Okay, I was looking for a dome team. Mike, it's November. Look at, okay, it's November. For a dome, okay, good. That, Next this, week. I, look, I, Next I'm week. not going to press my luck. I'm not going to press my luck. Thanksgiving. Maybe around Thanksgiving, December. Yeah. Because if he loses, if he loses in December, I'm going to give you a little preview of what I'm going to say. Of course he loses in December. Matthew Stafford's not used to playing any big games in December. So when you count on him, he's going to let you down. Sean McVay, you should have known that. Rams, you should have known that. We've known Before it for a long time. Picks, Welcome but, to the but, party. But you're not saying that yeah, today. That's what you would not say, today. hypothetically speaking. That's what I would. That's what I will say in a couple weeks. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Our first guest is an American brave enough to stand up and say, screw you, science. I know Joe Rogan. Please welcome NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Janine, it's great to be here. Remember when I hosted Jeopardy? Now, Aaron, you're not vaccinated. So what? Who the hell cares? It's your body, your choice. And please never use that quote for any other issues. Exactly, Janine. It's my body and my COVID. You know, I could give it to whoever I want. But suddenly the woke mob is coming after me. It's gotten so bad that State Farm called and they're not even offering me the Rogers rate. And straight talk, Aaron, because I never talk gay. Did you ever lie about being vaccinated? Uh, I never lied. I took all my teammates into a huddle, got all their faces three inches away from my wet mouth, and told them, trust me, I'm more or less immunized. Go team. And you 
said you didn't get the vaccine because it might make you sterile, which is so insane. I'm jealous I didn't say it. Hey, and look, people can talk all they want, but at the end of the day, my record is still 7-1, meaning of the eight people I've infected, seven are fine. Wow. Call this guy the bottom of the Snapple cap because he got facts. Thank you, Aaron. Hey, Michael, my Uncle Ken used to say all the time, it's one of my favorite things my Uncle Ken used to say, and Aaron Rodgers made me think of this as I spent the entire weekend reflecting on the fallout from Friday. My Uncle Ken used to tell me, he said, Michael, it is better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. (laughs) I was like, that's that's right on on time for Aaron Rodgers here. A couple of things, speaking of State Farm, um, USA Today got a statement from State Farm saying that uh, they are standing by Aaron Rodgers, saying, quote, Aaron yep. Rodgers has been a great ambassador for our company for much of the past decade. We don't support some of the statements that he has made, but we respect his right to have his own personal point of view. We recognize our customers, right. employees, agents, and brand ambassadors come from all walks of life with differing viewpoints on many issues. Our mission at State Farm is to support safer, stronger communities. To that end, we encourage vaccinations, but respect everyone's right to make a choice based on their personal circumstances. And according to Apex Marketing Group, yeah. uh, 1.5% of State Farm ads had Rogers in them on Sunday. That's down from 25% of State Farm ads the previous two Sundays. All right, Michael, lot to unpack here still. A lot of leftover meat on this here bone. Uh, first thing I want to yes, start with is, right. and you know, I, you know, I consider myself a critical thinker. Um, okay. And I, I, I did, <laughs> and you, I did you, the you, research. You and Aaron. I did, I did the research. I hate, whenever somebody announces that they're a critical thinker, they're probably a dumbass. Like, it's like, you know, hey, you show say, me, don't tell it me. It might be some you dumb know? stuff. Some dumb stuff you about know? to come. It's you coming. Know, Warning. Um, like, flash the right. screen. Something stupid's about to be said. <laughs> uh, I've done the you know, research. I've consulted with my team. I'm a very intelligent person. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and I've consulted with my team. And, Michael, I can, I can tell you today with confidence that Aaron Rodgers made history without playing yesterday. Because Aaron Rodgers is the first person, the first elite athlete in history to actually get the media, to get fans to side with the media. He is the first elite athlete in history to get the media to take the side, to get the media, to fans to take the side of the media, for fans to be sympathetic toward the media. And here's what I mean by this. That's how you know you really suck. If if if, that, if the fans are side with the media and right. not you, you suck. Because here because here's the facts. Here's the facts of the situation. Aaron Rodgers did not produce a phony vaccine card. He didn't forge his vaccination status. Aaron right. Rodgers only lied to the media. Aaron Rodgers only lied or misled the people who didn't know. Because as I said last week, if I knew on August 26th what he meant by I'm immunized, and if I said on August 27th on this show exactly what he meant by I'm immunized and exactly what procedure, what homeopathic procedure he'd, gone, he'd undergone, if I knew that, how many people you think knew it before it got to me? Point being, the league knew, the team knew, his teammates knew. So for all the people saying Aaron Rodgers lied, I'm saying be more specific. He lied to the people who didn't know as in the media. He, he right. operated as if he were vaccinated around the media. 
by going to press conferences maskless. It remains to be seen how many protocols he may have violated behind the scenes because the league is investigating that. But mm -hmm. if he tested every day and socially distanced and was restricted in terms of his travel and wore a mask behind the scenes, just not in front of the media. The only people he lied to is the media. Now you might say, well, the Michael, the media represents the public. Well, here's the thing about the public, Michael. You and I both okay, know that there is a, a huge divide. There's a culture war going on right now within the public right. over vaccines, vaccine mandates. Okay. And, to, and what I found my, my just my unscientific research, my observation over the last anecdotal, days, anecdotal research and, from yeah, Michael Smith is right. that I think your opinion on Aaron Rodgers August press conference and Friday uh, appearance on Pat McAfee show is rooted in where you stand on the vaccine vaccine mandates whether or not you are vaccinated because Michael you and I both know this is about a lie. People don't give a damn about lying. We just had a dude occupying the White House that did it five times before he had breakfast. Okay. Yeah, there is an entire political party that is built on multiple big lies that functions on multiple big lies that thrives off lying and misinformation. Misinformation and lying is a way of life. So I don't believe that there are a lot of people out there who are pissed off that Aaron Rodgers lied that aren't in the very media that Aaron Rodgers spent an entire career making enemies within. He's got so many enemies in mainstream media and he went to a show which passes for media in 2021 went to a friendly right, place right. and made a yeah. gargantuan gargantuanly stupid. Okay. Thank you for playing. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the gargantuanly stupid or galactically mm -hmm. stupid? Sorry, galactically stupid. That's the line. He made galactically, a galactically he said, stupid. He galactically. Yes. He yeah. made a galactically stupid calculation thinking that going on the offensive was the best way to combat the heat that he was taking. When in reality, he'd have been better off being consistent. Because at the press conference, he deter he made a determination that, you know what? I don't owe anybody an explanation about what I've done to protect myself against COVID. It's private. I don't want to expose myself to the heat. He comes back on, on last Friday, does the opposite and, and shows his whole ass makes up makes an ass out of himself. Makes a complete ass love, out of himself. I always love that phrase, by the way. What? I love that phrase. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite. You, you showed your whole ass. On that made one. a complete That's one of my favorite self. Yeah. All he had to say was I made a personal decision in a statement. I made a personal decision not to get vaccinated. I never lied. Leave it at that. Instead, he, he went on the offensive being defensive and it backfired like a mug. Prevail Health in Wisconsin, they dropped him. State Farm, for yep. now, they're still with him. But he's getting criticized by a mainstream media that he tried to play. And because he went too far on Friday, he's got people, I've never seen this before, he has got people siding with the media. Yeah, he does. And you know, Mike, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever done this, to get yourself out of trouble to deflect or and I'm pretty sure of this. Uh, you've witnessed it from your kids. So you bring up an issue and they start talking about something else. They got nothing to do with what you're talking to them about.
All right. Hey, why don't you clean your room? Well, you know, I was talking to Johnny and then Johnny like, hey, well, no, no, no. Why don't you clean your room? And they start talking about all other, all the other stuff. Well, hey, they didn't clean their room and you know, you always asking me to clean uh, my room and you don't give me enough hugs or whatever. I mean, just whatever it is to kind of go around the world before we get to the issue. So I said this on Friday and now that we have a little bit of time, everybody kind of relax. As you said, if you're for or against that really kind of colors and informs where you come down on the Aaron Rodgers situation. If you are uh, pro vaccine, you probably are anti Aaron Rodgers. If you're anti vaccine, you're probably pro Aaron Rodgers. And there was a lot yeah. of stuff there. So Aaron Rodgers said a lot of things that uh, that SNL skit uh, pointed out so crazy that she wishes she had thought of it. Just crazy. <laughs> okay, so that's some crazy stuff. So Aaron Rodgers talked about the woke mob and cancel culture. And he talked about how nobody should be forced to do anything that they don't want to do with their body, right? Okay. So let's take a little, let's take a step back, Mike. Does the NFL have a vaccine mandate? No, no, no. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers fans realize this. There's no such thing as a, there is no vaccine mandate in the NFL. Right. There's no vaccine. No, there's no, 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 there's no vaccine mandate. You either get it or you don't. And, right. and if you don't get it, it's a little tougher for you to navigate through the team facility, but you can still play, but you don't have to do it. In right. other words, nobody in the NFL can tell you what to do with your body. So that's a straw man who goes to his fiery death right there. That's one. Mm -hmm. that's uh, one. Two, cancel culture. Oh, cancel culture. Woke mob. Okay. Um, as far as I know, the only organization that canceled Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was a health group. Right. Yeah, it was Wisconsin. They should cancel him. Exactly. In Wisconsin. Right. They should. Right. They, right. they out here, they out here doing God's work saying, hey, you know what? We really are proponents of the COVID-19 vaccine. And they got their right. spokesman saying, no, nah, I ain't about that life. Okay. It's right. not a good fit. It's not being right. canceled. It's like a breakup. It's a good breakup. Right. They, they and here's State Farm being like, we good. They from like we good. They from and, like, and the Packers are the like commercials. he's playing on Sunday whether he practices or not. <laughs> so, okay, no cancellation. Green Bay Packers, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers have not canceled Aaron Rodgers. They don't want Jordan Love to take the job over Aaron Rodgers. They want Aaron Rodgers vaccinated or not. They want mm -hmm. him back. Right. So what are we talking about? There's no like he's going on and on the woke mob and cancel. He told on himself. And, you know mandates. Look, hey, Aaron, you just didn't like somebody telling you, oh, no, you're not going to do it your way. You're going to do it our way. He didn't like that. He just didn't like to be told what he was going to do. And it's as simple as that. Well, 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 I ain't well, well, mad wait, at but him. Wait, but and, Mike, but and, Mike. and as a matter of fact, and as a matter of fact, I would say the last thing I'm saying. Well, I want to give it back to you. It, I, don't, I don't know if his jersey, I don't know if his jersey sales have gone down or not. Like if I if I had a Green Bay Packers, if I had an Aaron Rodgers jersey, and if I'm wearing jerseys, I, I like the Packers. I like the Packers ensemble. I like that green and gold. I like the looks. I, I'm not giving away the jersey. I'm not refusing to cheer for Aaron Rodgers. Still a great quarterback who said something stupid, who who made up this whole narrative that's not true. 
All right. Well, but just so, real quick on the so, r- real quick on the timeline, though, Mike. You said he didn't want to be told. What was it you said? You said he didn't want to be told what to do. He basically, didn't, he didn't want to be. He didn't. He didn't want to be told what to do. Yeah, but he didn't want to be told what to do. But he was being told what to do. Like again, unless unless come to find out, and nobody's unearthed this yet. And again, we know we all know what NFL investigation means, but. Come, let's come to find out that he was not being tested daily per the protocols or that he was violating all sorts of protocols besides not wearing a mask in front of the media. He was doing what he had to do in order to remain unvaccinated. Again, he didn't forge his vaccination status. So that's, that's why I've always struggled with the lie thing because people knew. People knew about it. People knew that he, that when he, so the issue is Aaron Rodgers tried to be slick instead of being slicker than a six-year-old well, on the 26th, when he said, I'm immunized and left it at that, and then doubled down right. on the dumb on Friday. If he'd have just left, if he'd have just, listen, man, the, you know what the moral of the story is, Michael Holly? You know what the moral of the story is? The moral what? of the story is that shutting up is always free and silence is golden, okay? And if Aaron Rodgers had just remained silent, released a statement, do what they do nowadays, put a little, a, a little notes thing on IG or whatever, or on Twitter, whatever you want to do, put a statement out saying, I've contracted COVID, I'm doing fine. I, it was a personal decision that I, I, I don't want to uh, you know, discuss publicly, but I decided not to get vaccinated. I said I was immunized on the 26th. That's what I believe to be the case. I decided to get vaccinated. Leave it there. Instead, see, this dude thinks he's unplugged from the Matrix. And if he thinks he's unplugged from the Matrix, he ought to know that everything begins with choice. All right? Everything begins with choice. So, okay, Aaron, you chose not to get vaccinated, which was your right. You chose that. You chose to do, to do all kinds of research that counters all the actual scientific experimentation and research that went into developing this, these vaccines, you decide to do your own research. Research, That's your choice, all right? You failed a COVID test. You tested positive for COVID, which, as you pointed out, the vaccine does not prevent you from testing positive for COVID. So you're not like anybody else who's, 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 failed, who's tested positive, okay? It happens. He'd have been okay. The problem is when he went in on Friday, and instead of being not contrite, because he didn't commit a crime by catching COVID, but right. I would say instead of being instead of instead of not instead of not not displaying so much hubris, instead of not deciding, oh, okay, I'm gonna go at the woke mob and cancer culture, I'm gonna make this political. He decided, oh, okay, here right. I now, now I'm gonna get these hot takes off and dig a deeper hole for myself. So now, since you made that choice. We could choose to clown you. Okay, you can make those decisions. You can consult Joe Rogan, and I can call you an idiot. Okay, you, you can decide not to be vaccinated, and we can and we can question your wisdom. Again, so smart till you're dumb sometimes. And this was one of those examples. This was galactically stupid PR on his part. This has become an unnecessary PR story when all he had to do was say, you know what? Yes, I said I was immunized. I thought I was. I won't get into it, but okay. I decided it's a personal choice not to be vaccinated. Right. And he left it there. There would be a lot more people, Michael, and you know this because there are so many people out there who identify with Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, sure. There'd be a lot sure. more people right now, a lot fewer people at his neck right now. Friday did him no favors. Okay. Well, yeah, I agree with that. But I, let me say this. Um, as far as the lie thing, I, I like the way you put it. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. People lie all the time. And that's why I'm always uh, not surprised, but I, I think Roger Goodell used to do this. I don't know if he's on it like this before, but early in his commissionership, is that correct? Is, is, is that correct? Is that, is that yeah. a thing? Commissionership? Whatever it is. Sure. Uh, but his Tenure. first few years, how about this? His, his first few years of being commissioner, he used right. to get really, really upset, little prickly when hmm. people would lie to him. And, you know, it's always uh, th their way of doing things when they're trying to uh, build a paper trail against a player and they want to show the public their version of they, they're transparent when they want to be transparent and then they're a little secretive when it's something that really matters to them but they're transparent when it comes to players so with a player like when michael vick lied to roger goodell you know yeah goodell put out this letter mm -hmm. you know you have done this and you lied to me you right. lied to me you know what people usually do I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something i hope this doesn't burst anybody's bubble when people find themselves in trouble, especially when there's a lot of money on the line and their careers are at stake, they lie. They lie. <laughs> they lie to protect themselves. They usually start lying. And it's not personal against Roger Goodell or anybody else. They're just trying to protect themselves. So they start lying. So you can't take it personally. That's what they do uh, when they get in trouble. So I don't really think about lying like that. I I'm not really like, oh, I'm personally offended. But I got to tell you, I disagree with you on which part whether Aaron Rodgers lied or not he did because what he said was yes I'm immunized and then mm -hmm. 30 seconds later he said I don't judge those who are unvaccinated no Michael I that's don't, a maybe lie I, maybe I, maybe you I misspoke. Wait, hold on no maybe I misspoke or maybe you misunderstood or I implied the wrong thing you referred to the wrong oh, he, thing no he, I, he, we all he lied to the media you say he lied to the media but not I'm to being the specific media. about to whom okay. he lied that's all I'm talking about because okay. it wasn't because it all wasn't right. a secret you can't you can't lie about something that's well known and I'm telling you if I knew it enough to say it on this show it wasn't a secret he did lie in that moment. Of course he did. I mean, you can call him you are obfuscate. Uh, you know, he was trying to be slick. He was, you know, he was very wordplay, mental, uh, verbal gymnastics, whatever you want to call it. In that moment on the 26th, we all heard it. I'm not arguing with that. I'm simply saying that what he chose to do, which was not divulge all of his medical history or decision making. Yeah. This is what I want you. This is what I want to be clear on. I want to be clear. What he chose to do is not an unpopular stance. There are a lot of people and they've come out right. since Friday who side it's with Aaron Rodgers, right? That the idea, that the idea of what he lied about is rooted in the premise that being unvaccinated is wrong. Again, lying about it is rooting in the premise rooted in the premise that being unvaccinated is wrong and we're in the midst of a culture war right now where there are a lot of people like it or not. We could think what we want about them, but they exist. They made a choice to not get vaccinated. We make the choice to judge them. As you said before, there's judgment attached to it. So what this all comes yeah. down to is Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, not wanting to be judged on August 26, apparently. But then on November 6th or November 5th, 
deciding to expose himself for who he really is for us to make the choice to clown him <laughs> for who he really is and to criticize right. him for who he really is. Uh, last but not least, I, you know what? invoking and quoting or misquoting Martin Luther King Jr., which the irony of that, wow. you, you start off going at the woke mob. You're quoting Martin Luther King Jr. to do what? Illustrate your wokeness? <laughs> so like, what is, which one is it? Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So don't weapon, you weaponize and, and, it in okay. By the way, he made so many unnecessary, unforced errors on Friday. Yeah. And he could have avoided this entire fallout from Friday if he'd have just released a simple statement saying, I made a personal decision not to get vaccinated. Because there's a lot of people out there. Again, it doesn't compute for us because you and I are vaccinated. You, our entire households are vaccinated. There wasn't a mandate necessary for me and you, Michael. You know why? They had to mandate us. We was in first in line when it's time to get vaccinated. But there are people right. out there right now who are who are waging entire political campaigns and who are operating from a place of not only do they not agree with the vaccine or not want the vaccine, but the mandate is so polarizing. And so Aaron Rodgers hey, brought this on himself unnecessarily by going on Pat McAfee on Friday, not the 26 because he could have survived the 26 and he'll still survive it. Ultimately, right. he's not getting canceled. Friday was what was the worst thing he could have done. Couple more, couple more quick things on this and then uh, then we just move on uh, yeah, one. Man. Yeah, you remember this. Do you remember how you felt when you were a kid? I, I, I remember this vividly when I was a kid. I've been 11, 12 years old and I hear Old people, I thought they were old. They're about my age, though. <laughs> now <laughs> I, I hear old people use slang, and they get it wrong, and they use it in the wrong context. And I would just cringe. I'm like, oh, we, stop. We, pro stop we probably that. do that ourselves. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Okay, you sure? Because we we were we're asking for explanations of cap and no cap. Like, what does that what does that right. mean? Could you right. could you use it in a sentence, please? First definition, right. second definition, please. What does that mean? So I say all that to say, yeah, yeah, people stop saying woke. You got like stop. Oh, that's been like, oh, oh, whole, that's been, that's been co-opted though. Stop saying woke. You know what that is. Stop saying you know what that is. Like yeah, they, like yeah, you're just messing it up. You're messing it up. You're not getting it right. You're not saying it no, right. They're not you're not messing it up. It right. They're messing no, it they're up. not messing it up. No, they're not messing it up at all. That's the intent. The intent is to try to claim it and weaponize it. They don't get Again, it. it. Like cancel, no, like cancel culture. They no, don't, but, like, but they woke, no, know. they get it. No, they, capital T, know exactly what they're saying when they say woke. It's being used as a pejorative. It's being used as an insult. It's being used as a dog whistle. It's being used yeah. as a right-wing Republican MAGA talking point. So, and, and Aaron Rodgers showed himself to be one of them. Like one of them I'm guys in more ways than one. So it's yeah, not being it just, misused; it's, it's being just, abused. It's being abused, but I but but I think if everybody like in that Saturday Night uh, Live skit, uh, we didn't show the whole thing. Uh, the governor of Virginia, and, and he's asked, "Hey, what is critical race theory?" Well, you know, something that got me elected, but. but I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, I don't know. So right. if you need to go to the origin, I understand it's being used as a pejorative. I got it. But if if you're asked to show your work, they could not show their work. They have no, no. idea what 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 the whole 
what the idea what the concept is anyway. That's one Two. Right. I just say quickly. You know, I, I'm just always amazed at, at people, Michael, no matter what their your political leaning. I'm always amazed at people who don't take advantage of the resources that are available to them. I, I can tell you. So we're doing a, we're doing a show right now. You can call it a TV show. You can call it a podcast or whatever. But if I could just call on the most knowledgeable TV person at all time, like if I had if I had Rachel Maddow on at like any time I had a TV question and I could call up Rachel Maddow and right. she would uh, call me back within uh, 30 minutes and say yes, sure. this is how I do this is how I do my thing without a prompter. That, yeah. that would be very helpful. Okay, that's just if you in your profession if you have resources that the top yeah. resources. Uh, in the country available to you. Why wouldn't you use them? Aaron Rodgers and others. He's not the only one, right? Why do these people <laughs> just kind of just go by the, the doctors and the specialists who are available to them? If you have questions about COVID, if you have questions about the vaccine, if you want to be a dad and you're afraid that the vaccine will make you sterile, you can call the up somebody and they'd be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I don't Bruh. get it. I just don't Aaron Rodgers. I guarantee you Anthony Fauci would have called Aaron Rodgers if he'd have tried to reach out to Anthony Fauci. Anybody. He could have got, 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 got him on the phone. All these leagues, all these, leagues, Michael, all these professional athletes have like the I best said, help available to them. And they're guessing. Aaron Rodgers decided when he got COVID to consult Joe Rogan. He made the choice to consult Joe Rogan. I can make the choice to call you a dumbass. My choice. <laughs> right, my, it's my, it's, it's my, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like my, you got your opinion, I got mine. Since we got opinions about science now, that's my opinion about your research. In this context, Aaron Rodgers is an idiot. And like I said, he, the whole he was so smart, thinks he's so smart until he proved himself to just be not very informed or educated on this matter. We're not, when we're in LA, when we're in LA, we're gonna have him on the show though, right? Who Rodgers? Yeah, yeah. I doubt it. We the woke mob. Yeah, he'll come on with us. You got him into a party. You got him into a party once upon a time. Long. Chubb the running back. Mayfield from his own 30 on second and 10. Turns, gives, Chubb runs. 30, 35, there he goes. 40, 45, 50, there he goes. 40, he's running to the river. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. Is he at the river yet? He's in the river. <laughs> 110 yards on the afternoon for Nick Chubb on eight carries. I hope he can swim. <laughs> Our guys are pros. And in this game, there are going to be things that come up week to week uh, that, that you have to address and deal with and, and move on. And that's what we did. And I felt like the focus was there all week. Uh, it's just the type of team we have. That's the kind of, you know, things I keep hitting on. I trust the guys in these locker room, in this locker room. I've said it over and over again, and I truly mean it. So when adversity hits, nobody flinched. Uh, it was a long week. I'd be lying if I said otherwise, but proud of these guys uh, and, you know, how they were able to focus and, and do their jobs. It's just... We got a good group. We really do. Oh, Michael. Oh, Michael. Uh, you know, <laughs> look, Mike, I feel like I have an advantage. I have an advantage uh, from, from where I grew up. Like, you know, there's certain things like, and you know, I'm not offended. I get what you were saying earlier. Well, I, I get what you're what you were saying earlier uh, last week about spades 
how it's just part of growing up for you and you can't teach me something that is just instinctive for you. It's instinctive. You don't even think about it. It's just what you do. It's what you've always known growing up in New Orleans, son of the East. All right, it's the same way. Now you get it, right? I, I grew up in the great state of Ohio. I've seen the Cincinnati Bengals for a long time. Oh, I've seen some oh, horrible man. seasons from the Cincinnati Bengals. I've seen some promising starts. They have high hopes. They have high hopes. I've seen that. I've seen it. I've seen it. And it all crashes and burns because that's what the Cincinnati Bengals do. So, hey, you you were feeling pretty good. Chest Two weeks popped ago. out. Your chest, yo, your chest was puffed out. You're, oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You had a lot to say. I couldn't say anything after Jamar Chase went off against the Ravens, 200 yards. He's feeling good. Oh, see, I told you, I told you, Mike. Then your little, they had your little, uh, your little flunkies, your little sycophants coming in from the 504. Oh, this is how we do it in the 504. This is how we do it. Tell Holly. This is how we do it. LSU. What, son? What? Okay. <laughs> Calm down. Back-to-back -back weeks, you lose to the Jets and the Browns. We ain't talking about like the iron. You lose to the Jets and the Browns. These are your Bengals. Do you understand yet? Do you feel me now? Do you get it? Do you get this is how it goes with Cincinnati? They might win two more games this year. <laughs> they might be seven and ten. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. This is how it works. This is how it works. This is what they do. This is what they do. You know, Michael, I am going to conveniently uh, focus my attention on the winning team. I'm just going oh, okay, to okay, avoid right. it. I'm going to pull up. Look, hey, I'm going to pull up right. Aaron Rodgers. Are you vaccinated? I want to talk about the Browns. I'm in me. I don't, I don't want to talk about the Bengals. I want to talk about the Browns. I'm in I want to talk about the Browns. I'm immunized from talking about because I because I think I got losing I, team. I, I, I get it twice. I, honestly, if you are keeping score, I get it twice in this one game from both sides in this one game. I I can't listen, man. Uh, not to go down a rabbit hole of our our Bengals conversations all over again, but it was just I won't I won't. And I, but I also realized that everybody, everybody didn't see everything. So context is important in this, in this case, because it really goes back to like conversation about organizations that really want to win and doing everything it takes to win. And then the Jamar chase pick and all of it, you know, it's not happening in a vacuum. I still think the Bengals are a good team. Um, they've had back to back bad weeks. So I'm not I'm not gonna say same old Bengals just yet. I think their future really is bright. Even if even if I got carried away with the present, I think their future is bright. Um, but no, this is the week for me to eat it when it comes to the Bengals. Absolutely, absolutely, because they didn't just lose to the Browns. They got curb stomped by the Browns. The dog pound made them look like kittens. So I saw I want to talk about Cleveland because I had a lot of smoke for Cleveland last week. I had a lot of smoke yeah. for Cleveland in general. Baker Mayfield in particular last week. Um, and I, I, I guess as far as I'm willing to go as we wait for another couple of minutes to see uh, if and if so whom claims uh, Odell Beckham on waivers or where he the ends Lions. up and then 
Then of course, when he hated, and then of course, uh, what he does when he gets there. I'll say this is this this is a, the best real time example of two things can be true at the same time, because maybe Odell Beckham was being misused. Uh, or not being taken full advantage of or being held back, whatever you want to say by the Browns. And maybe he's better off now that he's free from Cleveland. Maybe they're better off without him too. Because there were reports over the weekend, I think it was, that Baker Mayfield was stressed by Odell Beckham, which, you know, supported what I was saying last week, that this felt like there was some sense, there was a little too much sensitivity around the video, the YouTube video that his dad reposted. Um, but I saw a guy go out there and have a perfect Rightfully passer rating so. in the first half. Okay. Uh, well, so. bottom line is, he may be better off without them. And so far, they seem to be better off without him. Uh, at least Baker Mayfield does. Like, he he was hitting open guys <laughs> yesterday. You know, he had a perfect passer rating in the first half, did he not? But most important, he did. He did. their defense dominated. And they and they and they played through the running game. Nick Chubb was incredible. One of the best running backs in football. I don't know if his name comes up enough. Their running game was incredible. Their defense was incredible. Cincinnati didn't know what hit him. And Baker Mayfield hit the throws he needed to hit. And they've moved on. And maybe this was a step toward being the Browns team we thought they could be. So for me, yesterday was more about the Browns than it was about the Bengals, given the week that they had. Okay. And yes, Michael Holly, that is quite convenient on my part. It is convenient on your part because let me tell you, um, they, I think the Bengals told you exactly who they are. They told you, and, and, and not, not by losing to the Jets. Because you lose to the Jets, they did a lot of stupid things in that game. I think we all know the Bengals are a much better team than the Jets. They're not Jets bad. But you lose to the Jets, you blow that game, should have won it, you didn't. Okay, it happens to the best of them. We showed that stat earlier. Uh, you know, underdogs, what, seven underdogs won flat out yesterday. But it's what you did the week after. You lose to the Jets. You're supposed to come back. You got a game at home. It's a divisional opponent. You go home. You, you show that that was just an aberration. You come back. You take care of business. You don't get blown out in the yeah. battle of Ohio by yeah. the Browns. So I think the Bengals... Are are frauds. I don't think they're really about it. I'm not saying Jamar Chase is a fraud. No, Jamar Chase it, is not. He's probably going to be offensive rookie well of the year. Although he was, although he didn't quiet. play well yesterday. Oh, he, I very mean, quiet dropped yesterday. the touchdown. Oh, he, he did not and, play well yesterday. And they were feeding him. They were feeding him. He had like 13, 14 targets, like five, six catches. Uh, didn't do much. Didn't do much in the game. Um, but you mentioned the Browns. We'll see next week. Because you have the Browns going to New England, two five and four teams, middle of November. This is when you start to find out who's about that life and who's going to Cincinnati this thing. Who's going to go to? I'll go with the play by play guy. I'll go with the play by play guy. Who's going to ascend? Who's going to fall into that river without being able to swim? Ohio River, here we come. Sinking. Sinking. I'm, this is not a good day for me. Rams. Bengals. <laughs> Just got to take it. Yes, you do. Two more wins for Cincinnati. Two more this year. And that's a wrap. Seven and ten. That's, a, that's going a little too far. 
I wish him well. I really do. Like I said, my feelings haven't changed. Um, I wish him well. You know, that's from a personal standpoint. Um, he, he's a good friend of mine. We still haven't talked, but that doesn't change things. Uh, I wish him well. I wish him the best in his career. But um, I'm worried about the guys in our locker room. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of these guys, how they were able to focus up despite all the that was going on this week uh, and how they were able to do their job. So uh, yeah, that's why I appreciate this group of guys and, uh, and, and the staff that we have. So um, we're going to you know, see if we can build on it and continue to get better. Hey, Charles. So question, and because Michael and I were talking about this last week about what's best for Odell. And it, it was to go, I said it was to go to a contender and to help rehabilitate his reputation in the form of a resume reference. You know, in other words, like prove that he could be part of a successful team, right? Um, but then there's reports from you and others uh, that there could be issues if the wrong team picks him, up, picks him up on waivers, which opened at 4 o'clock a couple of minutes ago, and teams have until 4 o'clock tomorrow to claim the revised contract that him and the Browns worked out. I guess that just seems counterintuitive if you're Odell Beckham to put word out that you could, assuming that it came from his camp, that you could be a problem if you go to the wrong place. That doesn't seem like somebody that teams would really want to be bothered with. Or am I missing something? Make it make sense. Any team, any team. I don't. He doesn't want to be claimed. Okay, like he doesn't. He doesn't want to be claimed. He wants to right. clear through waivers and be able to choose his next destination. Um, be a free agent and figure out what is it, you know, what is right for me to get my career back on track. And as you said, sort of get the, you know, the postseason run Super Bowl glow up um, Antonio Brown type. I mean, completely different situation, not apples to apples with Antonio Brown. But remember, Antonio Brown is, a, is, a, is someone who we, we talk about him in better terms now than we did right. uh, pre pre the Tampa Bay experience. Um, is it is it the right message to send? No, and I think that's why they've been very careful sending it. Um, you know, Adam Schefter came out and said something like potential issues. Okay, um, I, yeah, I. What does that mean? Talk, it means he doesn't yeah, want to be claimed, but he but he but he knows that if he is claimed by a team, it puts him in a very difficult situation where he can just you know if he were to say, well, I'm just not going to report. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really think that's an option on the table for him, but he's right. clearly making it known like, hey, I, I want to take this into my own hands. I want to pass through waivers. And um, so you guys understand how this all kind of went down. When, when the Browns and, and Odell Beckham Jr.'s camp first sat down to talk this out, the initial deal that was on the table, it looked <clears> like <throat> Cleveland was going to pick up all but a million dollars of, of Odell Beckham Jr.'s salary. The problem with that was when Odell Beckham Jr.'s camp looked at that, they were like, anybody could claim this guy now. If we do that, virtually every team not named the New Orleans Saints, and even the Saints probably could have moved around assets enough to get a million dollars under the cap, he would have been fair game for anybody to claim. And there is a very real possibility that like a Detroit or one of these teams near the top of the claiming order could have taken him and that would have been complete chaos. So the two sides ended up going back to the table to work out a deal where a claiming team would be on the hook for 7.25 million. That dramatically reduced the number of teams 
that could potentially claim him and effectively pretty much made him unclaimable considering that's what the price tag was up until the trade deadline and no one wanted to pick it up. The New Orleans Saints called the Cleveland Browns, said let's talk about wide receivers. It became clear to the Saints, I talked to some of the Saints about this, it became clear to the Saints that the Browns weren't going to pick up um, 90 to 95 percent of Odell Beckham Jr.'s salary uh, tab um, for a nothing uh, draft pick. And so they didn't even make an offer. The Saints didn't even make an offer after making that call because they're like, we wanted him basically for free. We thought this was a dump situation and Cleveland's not just going to give him up and then pay him to come play for us. So that's how you ended up with the 7.25 million. The reason why that exists on in this waiver system is so that he is not claimed. And you know, you can, I mean, we can have whatever opinions we want on this. You know, is it, is it me personally, like if a team claimed him and he said, no, I'm not showing, is that going to create problems for him? Of course, absolutely, especially after how things unraveled in Cleveland. And, and there's, if you want to talk about that, there's more there too. Um, but this just comes down to him wanting to figure out what's the right offensive situation for me, what's the right quarterback, what's the, you know, he wants to go to a contender. Um, he wants to take the process into his own hands, and and that's he he views it as being an important um, turning point in his career. Yeah. Either this could be really bad, or he can get it back to where he wants it. He could end up in Seattle with a Russell Wilson who's on his way back as of this morning. Uh, but go back to what you said. You said there's more there, as in what? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I'm going. That's exactly what I was about to ask him. I'm glad you did yeah. it, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So Cleveland, um, he he had been trying to get out of Cleveland for a while. Okay. And I know I know Mary Kay Cabot, the the you know fine Browns beat reporter, has reported some of this going back to last offseason when he was in the middle of the ACL healing process. Um, there was there was some push from Odell Beckham Jr.'s camp that hey. Like, is there a trade out there? Can we move him off the roster? This is this isn't you know this isn't working at this point. They the Brown his camp felt like it wasn't already working last offseason. And let's be honest, going back to the previous regime, Odell Beckham Jr. wanted off the roster during the previous regime as well. Okay, um, now there was absolutely no interest whatsoever for the Browns in the offseason. He's coming off an ACL injury. No one was going to pay the like at that point it was um, fourteen to fifteen million dollars. I'm sorry, I don't have the exact figure off the top of my head coming into the season, no one, no one was going to be on the hook for that, okay? So there was no way for them to move him. The season starts. It's not working offensively. Now, here's, here's what's interesting about this idea that it wasn't working offensively. His dad puts out the video that shows that Odell Beckham's open. He's open, and Baker's not throwing it to him. The insinuation, and I will say it is stronger than an insinuation that was made to me from people that are familiar with the Browns, the Browns offense, Baker, all these things, is that the way that the Browns run their offense, it is very much predicated on timing and rhythm. It's not Pat Mahomes breaking pocket or going off script. It's not Josh Allen breaking pocket going off script. It's not Lamar Jackson breaking pocket going off script. It is a rhythm and timing offense. And if your wide receivers are not doing the things that it is scripted for them to be doing, you are going to potentially create problems. So just because you might not run your route tree in a given play, and get yourself open does not necessarily mean the quarterback is going to go, okay, I'm going to focus on him until he gets open, or I'm going to keep going through my reads and keep coming back to him just in case he might be open. No, it's one, two, three. Here's where guys are supposed to be. Move to your second read. This is how the defense is supposed to be manipulated. And one source I talked to in particular said, if you were to go through the cutups, they, you could find some situations where Odell was supposed to do a particular thing in a route 
and it would manipulate a defense a particular way. And instead, it didn't work out, work out that way, that he went off script, started to freelance, essentially. That's what we're talking about here, freelancing, and dragged defenders into a part of the offensive script that ended up creating problems for Baker. Now, people inside the, the Cleveland Browns organization are honest about this. Baker is not blameless. He's not. He's been up and down. He's been inconsistent. There have been frustrations with Baker as well. However, they know that when Odell Beckham Jr. went down last year, there was tangible data and evidence that showed this offense functions the way that it's built, the way we want to run the ball, the timing routes we want to run, the way we want to use the tight ends all work because everyone is out there doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing and not getting frustrated that, hey, I'm not open, so I'm going to do this, or I'm going to run and stop and go because this, even with site adjustments, from what I was told, even with site adjustments, Odell was not always doing things that he was supposed to be doing in the offense. And so you get certain plays where he's open, but just because he's open, it's not where he's necessarily supposed to be. So you can develop your own opinion on what you think about that, but if those players are great in the NFL when they are with the right offense and suited with the right quarterback. You put that kind of guy with Pat Mahomes. You put that kind of guy with Josh Allen, with players who are like, hey, I'm going to move around and I have an arm to get it there. You know, play, play breaks down or you get yourself open. I will find you. Great. I don't think Baker and that offense is predicated toward that type of player. And frankly, very few NFL offenses are predicated toward that type of player. It's only a handful, and it depends on the quarterback. Well, that's okay. All right, let, let's go. Uh, here, here, and that's great. That's tremendous insight, Charles. Um, and it helps me, you know, understand the situation there a little bit better, a lot better. All right, so let's go to the, let's go to the opposite end. Get out of this, this very um, um, uniform, this very disciplined, that's the word I'm looking for, this very disciplined Cleveland offense. Let's go to a more freestyle scheme that will really highlight Odell's skills. So best fit for him ever. I don't know what that is. If he goes to the best offense, what is he now? Is he a number one receiver still? Is he a two or three? Is he a one, two or three in, 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 a, in a great scheme? I don't think we know that yet. I don't I mean, we haven't seen him function in that capacity in a while. So I don't I wish I could answer that. But the truth is anyone who says definitively he's this, it's just where's the data to back that up? You show me, take me back the last three or four years, and you show me that definitively he's still that player. We have to find that out. To be completely honest, and once again, to draw a little bit of a comparison here, I did not know Antonio Brown could still be the type of player he is right now with Tampa. People could have asked me that. They could have said, well, you know, he's not that far removed from the Pittsburgh experience. He's still that guy, right? Like, I don't know. Let's see him with the, the quarterback he wants to play with and the offense he wants to play in, and let's see him still show he could potentially be a primary. What has he done in Tampa? He's looked like a guy, despite having a lot of assets surrounding him, He's in the offense he wants to be with. He's with the quarterback he trusts. He looks absolutely like he could be a number one in that offense if they needed him to be a number one. He's definitely a trusted asset. That's what Odell needs. He needs a quarterback, an offense that suits him, a quarterback who trusts him, and an offensive coordinator who says, you know what? We are open to some improvisation in our offense. It helps us. So let's say Kansas City. I'll give you Kansas City, for example. Um, at the, at the height of, of Kansas City, okay, that, that offense. Let's not talk about the functionality now. Let's talk about when it was clicking. 
there was an ability to break defenses because Tyreek Hill was the kind of guy that we're going to run a certain play. If that, if that, it, let's say Pat Mahomes, it's not working. Pat Mahomes breaks pocket and extends. Tyreek Hill is going to murder you with a huge play. There was going to be a 60-yard touchdown, a 70-yard touchdown because Pat Mahomes knew how to play with him, knew where he could trust him, and watched him and had the arm to complete the passes that were necessary. I do think that Odell needs a quarterback like that who's willing to say, hey, you know what? Hmm. When I break pocket, you're the guy I'm looking at because I can trust you to beat your defender or if it's a zone look or whatever it is, I can trust you to find the open area of the field and I have the arm to get it to you regardless of where you are. How many quarterbacks are there in the NFL like that? Three, four? There's not a lot. And, and this isn't to throw shade at Baker, okay? I don't think anybody looks at Baker Mayfield and says he's, the, he's a break the pocket, Im- improvise, you know, let's, uh, let's draw it up in the dirt kind of a, a quarterback once a play breaks down. That's not necessarily the kind of, at least up until this point, the kind of player that, that he has been, whereas other players have shown the ability to do that consistently. Um, we got a lot more that we need to cover with you. So if you would be so kind, mm-hmm. take a sip of water, grab that notebook, and we're going to empty it even more uh, after a quick break. Um, we haven't talked to you about Rodgers. A lot's happened since we last talked to you. Yeah. With the, I know, we know you got a lot on that. <laughs> so, that and more with Charles Robinson coming up. This one falls on me squarely. Uh, certainly for us to be whatever we were, two for 12 on third down, um, obviously didn't have a good enough plan for some of the zero pressures that they, they brought on us, but I thought our guys battled. I thought Jordan, I, I was really proud of the way he played. He, he hung in there. He was taking hits um, and delivering the ball, and I thought he did a, a really good job. But I think that ultimately I've got to be better, and, and this one falls squarely on me. Hey, Charles, um, last week I said that the uh, – <laughs> That the Packers and Aaron Rodgers were having a make up if not breakup sex this season. <laughs> then come to find out, they come to find out Aaron Rodgers was unprotected. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> I did. I agree. I'm gonna keep doing. I'm gonna keep using that joke. I'm gonna hey, keep using that. You care. did it. You used the joke last week. <laughs> keep, you can't man, keep I don't going know. back to the same joke. I, who, who cares? It's the why same not? joke. That's, that's what, why not? They, who, how, Charles didn't hear it. I don't know who's watching this. That didn't hear it. On it. You know. You think Chappelle yeah. tells different jokes every time he does Listen, another show? Wait, man. But, the, yeah. but here's the thing. The, pack, the, the Packers knew he was unprotected. It was mom and dad, all of us, that had no clue. Clearly, we had a bigger problem with it, with it until until the unforeseen happened, and then the Packers were like, well, maybe that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> well, that takes me exactly, that's what I've been trying to say, Charles, because, like, I knew, I said it on this show the day, the day after, he lied to the media, and he's the first person that I've ever seen that, uh, that actually has fans siding with the media, because the, the, the team knew, his teammates knew, the league knew, but just in the grand scheme, and take this wherever you want to go, boss, take it wherever you want to go, but in the grand scheme, like, this season was already, uh, you know, 
a, a perfect storm when it comes to Rodgers and his future. Also, his present. Jordan Love, what is he? Is he ready? He gets thrown in there. Doesn't look great against the Chiefs. Hadn't had a lot of playing time. Now Rodgers is back, maybe against Russell Wilson on Sunday. Just if you can kind of put into context, just in the grand scheme, what the last few days means for not just the short term, but also the long term, potentially. I think we have definitively learned, if we did not know before, that you have to separate Aaron Rodgers, the person off the field, with Aaron Rodgers, the player on it. And now that has come to encompass when those two worlds collide. COVID, okay? It's you. COVID is the thing off the field that then bleeds over on the field, and you can't, you, you, you have to somehow rectify people being, you know, two different entities, a, a very, you know, profitable entity, a very good entity for you, and then at times a very troubling entity for you. And I think this is, this is sort of where we're at with Rodgers. Um, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing. I, the, the interview that he did on the Pat McAfee show to me, there were certain elements of it where he actually, I felt like he was right. You know, he's talked about some certain arbitrary things that he disagrees with or, or the NFL's maybe lack of data for certain protocols or whatever. And, and I think that's actually a really good debate to have. I think I like that debate. The problem was I feel like he then tripped into a lot of really uninformed opinions. A lot of, you know, uh, he, he suggested can, on, on a number of occasions that he does not trust Apparently, other than the medical doctors he's put together, he doesn't trust anyone else. He trusts Joe Rogan. Um, there were statements that he made. I live with a nurse. Okay, she's a COVID nurse. Okay, she's she's mm -hmm. manned COVID. She's manned COVID units now for like two years, basically. And I can tell you that I I was offended by a number of things that he said that were just flat out completely wrong. And maybe if he took the time, if he wants to take this stance, being a highly publicized figure, someone who, when he says things, it has gravity. You know what? Gown up, mask up, put a shield on your face, get into a hospital and go in and talk to the nurses who sit in their cars crying afterwards, you know, because they got close to a patient who got COVID vaccinated or unvaccinated. Talk to them about I'm the percentages. Talk to them. Yes. Talk to them about the people they see. Talk to them about what they know. And then maybe it'll it'll change your mind about some of the opinions. But again, whatever. It's it's that's fine. It's his opinion. He he revealed himself for who he is, and now people can decide whether they're down with him or they're not down with him. Um, from a football standpoint, I think that Sunday turned out to it was it was a wild and crazy week for him, and then Sunday turned it in the right direction for him. And what I mean by that is Jordan Love had an opportunity to come out in a game where his defense played very well against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Chiefs defense that, you know, played decently last week, but, you know, on balance has struggled. Um, and to do something here, to show that, hey, general manager Brian Gutekunst, if he really was writing Aaron Rodgers out of the picture after 2021, I'm the guy. I'm going to show you why, why the faith was there. Instead, he did the opposite. I thought he struggled. I thought Matt LaFleur was very kind in putting it on, on his own shoulders, but I thought Jordan Love did not showcase anything in that game that would have made me no. think that Aaron Rodgers is not clear in a way what we thought he was entering the season. MVP caliber quarterback who gives them yeah. by far the best chance to win on the field. That was you the can MVP decide. statement on behalf of uh, Rodgers yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it really was without Rodgers even, you know, being, being on the field in the fold. But, I, you know, like I said, you have to decide how you feel about 
well, he said it's not about politics or what are you basically there's 46 minutes there. And I I texted with people in the league like there are people during the course of the interview who were texting me like, are you watching this? And <laughs> afterward, there were I'll give you I will give you an example. There was a general manager who afterward um, he had been tied up. He had missed the entire thing. And he was like, what's going on with this Aaron Rodgers thing? Did you see it? And I'm like, yeah, I saw it. You know, you should. I mean, I can't really explain it. You go watch it. And I said, I would be curious to tell me what you think afterward. He watched it. Um, by the way, he's the general manager who could very much be in need of a quarterback coming this offseason. And he exited not having flattering feelings whatsoever for Aaron Rodgers. As a matter of fact, he, he had a very negative opinion. And I, and I think part of it, too, was that Rodgers said, um, here's what I believe. Oh, I follow all the protocols, except for the ones that I think are stupid. Or right. I called this guy, or he made a point of saying, hey, they sent someone in to talk to us. I called this guy a stooge. And then the other players were all congratulating me on it. Coaches were congratulating me on it for sticking up for them. There's just a, a mixture of things here where I think there are some people who are going to walk out of this going, huh, Brian Gutekunst, if he did have a opinion of Aaron Rodgers drawing in a lot of drama or creating drama around himself are going to exit this going, maybe Brian Gutekunst had a point about that. Maybe he was wrong about the player, wrong about this guy being a viable MVP caliber candidate into his 40s, but maybe he's also right with everything that you also have to deal with. Charles, I think you have such an advantage. Uh, we know you have a, a reporting advantage on the NFL, but you also have a medical advantage uh, being married to a nurse. So you tell me, um, and I, you got my attention when you said some things he said were wrong and you were offended by them. Can you give us a couple of, uh, of examples of the offensive statements that Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers made? I mean, people, a lot of people have made up their right. minds already uh, even before hearing Aaron Rodgers, but what did he say that, that you found offensive? Well, okay, so the, I would say the main point, one of the things that he said that I was just, I was stunned and floored that he would even say this is this idea that like and i'm paraphrasing here what's so great about the vaccine people are still getting um covid they're still transmitting covid and they're still dying of covid i can tell you right now um dawn dawn is the name of my significant other she works in a covid unit um here in houston significantly far and away since the vaccines have been launched and since many people have become vaccinated, the percentages of people dying in her COVID units are the unvaccinated significantly. Right. Now she does still see vaccinated people come through. She has seen vaccinated people die, but it is by far the rarity in the unit versus unvaccinated individuals. And oh, by the way, another thing that no one seems to talk about here, I'll give you another example. Um, wildly successful professional patient comes in, great health, um, unvaccinated, gets COVID, is, is in the percentages, in some, someone who should beat it, right? Turns out this person um, needs a lung transplant, okay? Relatively young individual here. Um, ends up getting a lung transplant, but moves forward now knowing there are going to be complications the rest of this individual's life because of the fact that they now have lungs that their body could choose to reject two years down the road, five years down the road, seven years down the road, and it's a young person, okay? Um, that's another thing that a lot of people don't talk about are these health complications. And then beyond that, Aaron Rodgers, um, he quoted some things 
that, you know, you talked about sterility, okay? Well, the CDC has come out and flat out said, look, um, you are, are more likely to have sterility issues, fertility issues, if you have COVID versus if you are vaccinated. Now, his response is there's not enough data on this. There's not enough data on any of this. Um, there is a short, short like window of data here in terms of the length of time and seeing what happens moving forward. However, vaccines worldwide, this is the largest vaccination that's ever taken place in such a short period of time on a planetary scale, okay? So there's actually a lot of real world data out there that exists because so many people across the world have been vaccinated and there is a lot of data that absolutely leans into vaccination being the best route. Again, we're gonna argue about this. People are gonna make an adult decision. It's for me, it's not for me. Right. If he didn't wanna get it, then he didn't wanna get it. If he was allergic, he was allergic um, to the mRNA vaccinations. All he had to say was, are you vaccinated? I am immunized, I'm allergic to the mRNA vaccines. I'm uncomfortable with the J&J. Here's the process I'm going through with the NFL. That is full transparency. Anything less is him putting himself in a position where this can happen now. Where and then he and then what does he do on the other end of it? You can blame the that's the thing. Mob. You can that's blame the problem for me, Charles. Because because even if he would have decided I'm not trying to be fully transparent on August 26th, he's like, hey, I'm immunized and I'm gonna just leave it there because I don't feel like disclosing for whatever reason, whether I'm afraid of criticism or whether I just don't think it's your business. I don't feel like disclosing. That's right. one thing. The doubling yeah. down on the dumb on Friday to me is what's gotten him in trouble is is, is making it political because if he just released a statement and said, oh, this is true. I tested positive. I'm unvaccinated. It's my personal choice. I believe in personal choice. A lot of people would have sided with him. But instead, he decided to go on the offensive, you know, and be the smartest person in the room, Aaron Rodgers, and it's blown up in his face. But, okay, but, I mean, the element of narcissism with Aaron Rodgers, let's be honest. I mean, it's existed for a long time. I mean, it has. Correct. It just has. Let's be, he has blamed reporters repeatedly for whatever situation he creates, for things that he says privately that get out publicly. He blames reporters for it. Again, I'm not I'm, – the player – I'm an MVP voter, okay? I'm, I'm, we're past it now, so I can, I voted for him for MVP, okay? Like, I don't, I hold no grudges here. The guy is, yeah. bar none, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. Him personally, though, you know, I'm also not going to sit here and, and say, oh, he's not this or he's not that. Like, the truth is, like he said, he said, I am a critical thinker, right? You guys know me. I'm a critical thinker. Which is thinker. like, I, which is I like the biggest. <laughs> I, I beat, like, you know, stop. I march to the beat of my own drum. I'm going to invoke. I'm going to I'm going to say Trump's name, Joe Rogan's name. Um, I'm going to oh, uh, in, in, I'm gonna invoke hits. Martin Luther King in the middle of this thing. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. you know, hey, now I'm on Invermectin. Um, all the, you know, so again, when you create the soup, you can't complain about having to eat the soup you create. Okay. That's just yeah. it. Bottom line. So, Hey, uh, enough of Aaron Rodgers uh, and, and enough of, of the green Bay Packers for the moment. They only lost their second game of the season. I had them going to the super bowl. They still may, but I'm, I'm really interested in the game that happened yesterday because we see teams teams going in different directions. I'm wondering if, if the organizations are going to be affected. And I'm talking about the Cardinals and Niners. I, I feel like the Niners, what a disappointing season. Another loss for them. They are out of the division mix. It ain't going to happen for them this year. And then the Cardinals, 
even without Kyler Murray uh, looking really good yesterday. So Kyler Cardinals, Murray, Hopkins, crazy. Yeah, Cardinals, Super Bowl, and 49ers. Anything going to change? Uh, you know, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, will they be able to stick around to see the maturation of the quarterback they traded up to three to to, uh, to draft? Um, with the Cardinals, I think the thing that is now really intriguing about the Cardinals is that defensively, you have seen this team show it, the defense at times, maybe not consistent yet every single game, but certainly in, in spots and in stretches, you know, beyond even one game, the defense can carry the Arizona Cardinals. That is a huge step forward, okay? That is a really big step forward for the Arizona Cardinals, for them to be able to, um, hey, Colt McCoy's got to come in, step in, play a game. Guess what? He doesn't have to play hero ball or be a world beater because defensively uh, we're going to take care of a lot of business for him, which the Arizona Cardinals did against the San Francisco 49ers. So to me, if if Kyler Murray, when we want to talk about Super Bowl potentially with the Cardinals, Kyler Murray has to be healthy for that to happen. Okay, He's got to be in there. He's got to be playing. Or he has to be able to function at a high level. I don't know. You know, We get to 17 games. Most guys aren't going to be fully healthy. D hop DeAndre Hopkins has to be in there and and you want the full complement because we're again looking at an NFC where you're going to face a number of wide open offenses maybe Odell Beckham getting added to one of those as well so there's that aspect with the Arizona Cardinals with the 49ers um, I will say that I think that it's not great that that Kyle Shanahan now when you look at his record overall with the 49ers is extremely similar to Chip Kelly's okay it's not great now, he has a Super Bowl and the quick turnaround early on in his tenure that helped him. Hey, Charles, and he also- 19 and 37 is the number outside of 2019. <laughs> outside of 2019, right. Chip outside, Kelly, right? right. Thir- that's 19 the, and 37. That's 13 that's and 3, that's the, but 19 and 37 otherwise. Right, right, right. We're, talk, yeah. we're talking about removing the Super Bowl year. I'm sorry, I should have said that. Remove the yeah. Super Bowl year, he's, he's Chip yeah. Kelly in terms of his record. Um, right. Now... The thing that I think works in his favor is that, A, uh, he and John Lynch have an extension, contract extensions through 2025, okay? So there's still 2022, 2023, 2020. There's four years left on that extension, okay? Now, it may not all be guaranteed or whatever, but that's still a lot of years to to all of a sudden cut off. I don't see there being any kind of change after this season, regardless of how it unfolds. And I think part of that is going to be we moved all these assets, we, we created this entire situation to give Kyle the quarterback he wanted. That was Trey Lance. Why would we then squander what we did, spoil the plan, by taking the coach out of the equation and putting in another coach who was not here to drive that trade um, between Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch? I, it, the, the, the statement is not complete. Now, that said, in 2022... I would tend to believe that Trey Lance has to be your starter in 2022 and that you have to show there's a reason why we moved to three, um, why we bypassed Mac Jones, um, why we didn't, um, you know, maybe make some other moves aggressively in the offseason to put ourselves in this position for Trey Lance. Let's now see what it looks like. Now, you go through 2022 and Trey Lance isn't that guy if he's not that dude. And, yeah. and you continue to struggle on this level, which, by the way, there's still a lot of other surrounding talent on that team. Then, you know, you start to wonder, OK, now now do we start to question? And, and by the way, I have I've been a big supporter of Mike Shanahan um, throughout, you know, whatever issue people people have had with him, game management, whatever the, the arrogance, all the things that he brings to the table. I like the combination of what he is. But if it's not results oriented, I also like Chip Kelly. He was entertaining. 
He was. He was an entertaining guy. He did some interesting things. But then yeah. you kind of saw as there was a lack of results, you're like, no, you can't, you can't survive if you do that. I listen, for whatever reason, people have not wanted to call the Cardinals the class of the NFC, if not the league. All they do, whoever it is out there, all they do is just keep winning games. I thought yesterday they are now, right? About they got to be. But I mean, even before, but I mean, look, but look how close they like. It's crazy how close they were to being undefeated. Still at this point, but um, nonetheless. So on the flip side, man, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. um, Who? What, who was that outcome more about? Like, first of all, what the hell's wrong with Mike McCarthy? This week's version of what the hell's wrong with Mike McCarthy? Having Dak Prescott playing in a blowout, getting 16 points on the board when it was 30 to nothing. That was just, <sighs> speaking of galactically stupid, there's another one. But more than that, like the Broncos go from trading uh, Von Miller, Kyle Fuller was rumored to be traded, and he getting a game ball in a post-game locker room. So right. was that outcome more about Denver and how Denver shouldn't be written off? I liked them early, and then they, they started stumbling. Or is this about how Dallas just, you know, was it just a, a, a bump in the road, or, or are they just the same old Cowboys who's just destined to, to, to dysfunction and break your heart well, at they- some point? The answer is next week against Atlanta. Okay, like if this if this is if they come out sputtering against the Atlanta Falcons, then you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? I think yeah. what happened here with the Dallas Cowboys was that. Um, Cooper Rush won a game. You go into uh, the break riding high. You're reading the headlines. You're loving it. You're happy. Dak Prescott didn't play the week before the break. He didn't play during the break, you know, obviously. I think Dak Prescott came out probably a little rusty, you know, again. And we're, and we're never going to know the full reality regarding the calf. Um, but I thought there were certain things that I saw them miss timing-wise on offense that were uncharacteristic if you look at any other game before this that Dak Prescott was starting um, for the Dallas Cowboys. So to me, I'm like, okay, maybe they got gassed up, you know, weren't taking this as as uh, seriously as they really should have. We're coming out of a bye where they're feeling pretty good about themselves. And then what happens usually in a, in a situation like that? If a team runs you over running the football, I think it, to me it tends to show you weren't prepared unless that's what you were before this game. Not like this. They weren't like this. And they got stomped. Absolutely the brakes beaten off them by the Denver running game, which is a huge problem. And, um, you know, I again, Trevon Diggs, right? Trevon Diggs got beat. Like he got, and he got, I got beat by um, a wide receiver in Tim Patrick. Pa- who Tim Patrick. Tim yeah. Patrick, who, who, you know, good player. Like you look at him, you like that package, but he's up and down. You don't, you know, it's not, where's the consistency? Um, I just have to believe that we saw breakdowns in this game that are not emblematic of really who they are unless there's something physically wrong with Dak Prescott moving forward. By the way, Zeke Elliott also got hurt in this game. I think that affected the the running game. Um, I I just think there was a a lot of issues here. One thing I will give you, though, heading into this offseason that I think was showcased a little bit in this game, the Dallas Cowboys are absolutely going to wrench on that linebacking curve. I don't think, I do not think that they're, they love what Micah Parsons is doing, but I almost wonder if his ability as an edge rusher is going to change a little bit what they want him to do permanently there. They're going to wrench on, on that linebacking crew. I think that they've not been happy with the run stopping abilities of their linebackers mm. for quite a long time now. And this is really going to be an off season where they focus a lot. 
All right. Um, we appreciate the time. This is the last thing I want to cover with. I actually want to pose this to both of y'all, Michael, because, you know, um, what a lightning rod and polarizing topic uh, this particular head coach has been for us for a while. Um, three, there are three doors for Bill's Jaguars. Okay. Door number one is Buffalo got exposed for having only beaten bad or struggling teams this year. And they're really not the juggernaut we thought they were after they beat Kansas City. Door number two is, hey, Urban Meyer and his staff may not be incompetent. They're competitive and they're on their way to being competent. And door number three is, hey, man, that's just the NFL. It happens. Yeah. Josh Allen. Josh Allen kicks yeah. Josh Allen's ass. What, what, do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> this guy's going this way. This guy's going that way. What do you want from me? So Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar. Jaguar scored nine points. <laughs> okay, right. let's, let's, let's let's start there. Okay, let's like yeah. like all well, the, the things on six. earth. Like, oh, you're right, you're right. Okay, but if and in any other game on the planet, most of the time you score nine points, gonna lose, right? So that typically no has a lot to, a lot to do with the ineffectiveness of the the opponent that you were playing. I, again, I question whether I I don't. It's funny because we talked about this on, on on our podcast late Sunday night, and I said. This season to me feels like the way that defensive line coaches in the NFC used to tell their players to, to, to play against Barry Sanders. When you go in the hole and he's there and then he disappears, don't chase him. Stay where you are. He will come back to you. If you like a team and they hit a 9-6 loss like Buffalo, stay where you are, okay? <laughs> don't, don't come off them yet. Hold, hold tight. Okay. <laughs> they, given, given the way the season's going, they okay. will come back to you. The Tennessee Titans, I did not stay in my hole early in the season, okay? When they lost to the like, Jets, you let, I, you let when them go? They, when, when they lost, I chased, and they made me look like a fool, okay? So I'm like, you know what? The teams that I like, I'm going to fundamentally stick with them and go, you know what? All they right. play a bad game. That's Something fair. happens. That's let probably me see the safest way to approach it. That's probably the safest <laughs> way to approach it. Michael, Michael, where you at? I, I know you got an Urban Meyer take. Where you at? I like I'm, go- I'm going to door number two. I'm going to door number two, and that surprises you, right? Door number two is, hey, maybe it, it Urban Meyer me. is not the disaster that you thought and that I thought, that I thought he they was. They won two out of three. And, I mean. <laughs> and listen, listen, to this. and it's got to be context. You're right, Charles. It's nine points. It's not that they scored nine points, and it's not just that they scored they won an, uh, they scored a nine to six victory. It's thinking about who the Jacksonville Jaguars were last year. A record-breaking defense in, a, in the worst way. I mean, they were just horrible on defense in 2020. One of the worst defenses we've seen in the last 30 years in the NFL. And they haven't looked like that most of this season. They got some players. Uh, I don't know if they're did playing despite Urban. But the whole operation, given what they, what they were, and, and given what they're up against, the whole operation has not been an embarrassment. Urban has been at times, but we've gotten real quiet on Urban Meyer. We got real quiet on him the last couple of weeks. No. I haven't heard wait, a lot wait, on wait. him. Wait, wait, wait. There's been a lot of other stuff going <laughs> well, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's slow that down because this, this, this has been hey. like, the, the, okay, you're like, you're talking about something here on the ground. And the Hindenburg just went up in flames, and you're like, "How come yeah. we're not talking about between, the thing on the ground anymore?" Between, between John Gruden, the Washington Football Team, 
Uh, I'm not gonna mention the other thing. And Aaron Rodgers, like Urban Meyer, has been kind of like you it's know. context. So once again, <laughs> hey, in look, that context, look, hey, look, he's look, bad. Look, but look. wait, wait. <laughs> This Could is how worse. crazy this is how crazy the season is. The Oakland Raiders just cut another first round pick today. Yeah, okay, from yeah. a year ago. That, uh, We're not even talking about that. Like, like, and in nor- normally, normally we would be like, what is going on with this, this guy with a video and putting his address other than saying roll through? Like, not great. Like, it's yeah. not a great situation. Yeah. But you know, that's how the season's going. That's not even. We're like, can't get to that. We don't have time for that. Exactly. That was on my list, but we've only been talking to you for like the last 50 minutes. So uh, you got news to go break. Uh, you got a, you got a job that yeah, pays you more than we ahead. do. Uh, we appreciate we have, you, brother. Exactly. Thank you for emptying the notebook. Well, trust me, I was, look, the Raiders was on time. my list too. I mean, it just we took his money. There's not enough. There's not enough time. There's not enough time. Charles Robinson, right. Sam Darnold. We owe you a Monday. We, yeah. we took yours. We just took it from you. It's all good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> you, man. Look at man with the time we got left. Um, you know, you know, I keep receipts. You know, I'm, you know, I'm good on receipts. I'm good for receipts. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, good. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I, look, I'll let you know. If I told you so, I'll let you know. I have no okay. shame about it. Okay. You know, because if I don't you get keep myself all receipts. Too well, well, you keep all receipts in the spirit of consistency. No, that, that, that's exactly where I'm going in the spirit of consistency. Okay. And also in keeping with the theme of the day. Because uh, we've talked about uh, my Rams, we've talked about my Bengals, um, and in keeping with that theme, uh, a guy that I was beating my chest about uh, early in the season uh, was Sam Darnold. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, told you. Yeah. Jets should have kept him and built around him and put him in yeah. a position to succeed and. You're going to go to Carolina and he'll show you. They might have the long-term answer. So, uh, yesterday, um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that take isn't aging yeah. well. <laughs> I'll okay. just leave it there. But maybe the story is on the other side. Is the story on the other side and a certain team continues to round in the form. So, uh, I know you watched that game closely yesterday. Maybe we'll um, see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if, if 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 that other team, if they can uh, if they can beat the Browns as we mentioned off the top, Browns Patriots next week. I think both the, the winner of that game will will say to themselves they they probably won't share it with the public. They'll say to themselves, "See, I told you so. I told you so. We we we're doing something over here." So if the Browns win and go to six and four, beat the Patriots. Hey, wait, you know we got a lot more wins. Six wins doesn't get you anything in this league, but we're going in the right direction. Patriots. Six and four, still within shouting yeah. distance of Buffalo in the AFC East. Nobody thought that three weeks ago. But let me tell you about Sam Darnold. You know who Sam Darnold is. Sam Darnold is a quarterback, and and I don't know if this is realistic, but certain quarterbacks are like this. There are certain quarterbacks, and they're usually not elite, where you got to say they need to get up, get offensive line. They need a good running game. They need tight yeah. ends who can catch. They need yeah. all. They need a coaching staff. But, they, he just needs so much stuff to get it. He is to be not perfect. an off script. He's not an off script guy. You know what? Yeah. And what his his interception yesterday, the pick six yesterday from J.C. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. That was and the only the only reason I'll bring this up. This is great. This is great. Look at it. Okay. 
Matthew Judon giving him pressure. JC Jackson says thank you. Look at oh, look at my man number 88. It's like, oh no, oh no. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson like I'm already zig- sick of getting. He like I'm already sick of getting cardio. Like, Robbie Anderson get enough cardio on. as he is. Now you got to chase down a pick six. No, yeah, but but he makes those plays Sam sometimes Donald, too. We had a reference to it in one of our best ofs, Tecmo. Remember, if somebody, if the defense called your play mm-hmm. on Tecmo, yeah, one out of four chances, had no chance. Yeah, boom. Yeah, just Let's blow see it up. Bo Jackson and Sam yeah. Darnold. When you when you call the play, when you know what he's doing, he's just law. He, it's forget it. He what he needs to learn to do is just take some like. 15 yard sacks because when they the defense was all over it. They didn't, we didn't show the very beginning of that play. Patriots were right on top of it and he just panicked. He loses hey, his composure. He's got no charisma on, on another note. Have you watched the heart of their fall yet? No. Can you do I'm that? Please? Why, intentionally, please. I don't know oh, why. Why not? I don't know. Don't say nothing silly. Just watch the damn thing so we can talk about it. Please. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to get watch there. the movie. I'm going to take my time. I got some other stuff I need to get to. I-